Yes, it's happy times and places where I, Toby Haydock, do commentaries on Doctor Who episodes spurred on by a special guest who's chosen a story and their favourite things about that story, and I have to see if I can guess what those favourite things are. My name is David Quantic. I'm a comedy writer, mostly. I write other things and I do broadcasting. The story I am nominating is Genesis of the Daleks. Well, welcome. Um, Veep, Brass Eye, the day-to-day, Danger Mouse, the thick of it, just some of the programmes that uh, David Quantic has contributed to as a writer. And now here he is contributing to my silly podcast where I get all lovey-dovey about Doctor Who. Um, and I make no apologies for accentuating the positive. I'm not blind to Doctor Who's faults. I don't think everything about Doctor Who is marvellous. But I've decided to spend my energies just trying to be positive out there. I might, I'll, of course I'll sit with my mates and slag off, insert name of story here. Um, uh, but that's not what this is. I think it's very easy to go oh that's rubbish um so easy <laughs> but notice that i uh remove the credibility of the person saying it by giving them an awful voice but um there's very it's, it's selfish reasons as well as because i think it's easy to get consumed i'm sort of going on the back of episode five where i went off on a little bit of a tirade um tirade tirade uh about um and i and i i i uh, took, I pulled into Negativeville uh, and uh, uh, pulled up a chair next to uh, next to Grumpy Socks um, and f- failed to hang on to even a basic metaphor. <laughs> oh God! Anyway, I'm yeah, going to accentuate the positive. And David Quantic is somebody who has made me laugh many, many, many times, uh, and uh, or, or yeah, always put a smile on my face. So that's what I try and do with this whilst yeah you know trying to put positive energy out there why not a eh? why not uh, and we're going to do so with episode six of genesis of the daleks i've got to guess what david's favorite thing about it is but as he's shown uh, his favorite thing about episode one which is was something that i couldn't possibly have done because um, i don't know his friends we watched it with and his favorite thing about episode five is actually from episode six so he's an unconventional kind of guy <laughs> but i'm okay with that uh, um, we're free as a bird on this podcast. We're not going to be constrained uh, uh, by by continuity. We're going to do a Robert Holmes. If it seems good at the time, we're going to do it. And it's episode six, and I want you to press play in three, two, one. Uh, just for context, if you hear whiz bangs and pops, it's not the Thals outside uh, trying to get in with their bombs. Uh, it's uh, fireworks outside, and uh, which my dog Bernard is deciding to counter with growls. Um, I'm not sure it's going to put the fireworks off there uh, uh, exploding. Uh, it's, it's not going to make them dull their incandescence, but uh, he's going to have a bash anyway because he's a, he's a guard cockapoo. It's part six of Genesis of the Daleks, which I've always sort of seen as a bit of an anticlimax. I don't know, it, it just seems to be sparser, although there are actually more... more uh, car, uh, Khaled elite because Garmin's gone off to get his mates who will number more than uh, uh, 
the the three guys uh, that he had behind him and uh, Tom Georgeson although Tom Georgeson has disappeared he will not be in this episode um uh so oh god I was going to I wanted to do this as a stage play because I had this script in my head um and I gave Carvel a bigger role because I liked him <laughs> it's really odd um this is the touch these they this is going to be hard pressed to 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 be beaten um but as i say it it means that i'm gonna harm my own chances because <clears throat> uh i already know that david won't choose this because he's chosen it for last week but it is superb tom tom baker's intensity is fabulous uh uh, and, and and the the gravity that he gives it just because of that wonderful sonorous voice of his the sweat on his face um and as david mentioned in the last wrong episode it's sarah jane who gives the counter argument we're talking about the daleks oh she's so good uh, and she's she's giving a perfectly rational rational and that shot is brilliant uh of the of the of the two wires uh, uh, and then the pulling of the focus um it's it's a justly lauded moment it's a brilliant piece of writing uh and a brilliant piece of direction you know it doesn't throw this this moment away everything you know and this is the beginning of the final episode and everything pauses for a philosophical discussion but it's a philosophical discussion for upon which the entire drama of this story is based um are you any better and i think we have to look at that in terms of um the, the you know some of the arguments that are being had today i i see many people on my own side as it were resorting to um you know great unpleasantness to to, to try and win the argument and i i never think that um you because you're the goody can do the things that you don't like that the baddie does because the baddie doesn't think they're bad uh that the person on the other side of the argument to do is to you is trying to do the thing that they think is best so if you then go ah but i i can i can do this to them because i'm me and they're them well you're as bad as them uh, and that's the, the the really interesting argument that uh that the doctor has with himself there is do do i make am i any better than the daleks now tom georgeson has gone and there's this guy kravos who's uh you know he's he's a member of the military rather than the scientists um uh, but who's got who's got who's got this little subplot where davros goes uh i gave you a special heart um and um you know he gets a couple of lines um and I, I wonder if that was originally supposed to be Carvel and they just went, oh, because it seems odd that, well, I mean, you save having an actor for an episode, but you've got a different actor instead. So I, I, I wonder if at some point uh, Carvel was supposed to be Kravos, uh, although then why would, you know, that character have been one of the first to turn against Davros if he if he did give him his special heart? I haven't mentioned the time ring enough. I, I think I've started to bring it up in in one episode i like the fact that the doctor's getting all his gear back now it's just been left in a it's just been left in a perspex tuck box um the the time ring is a hoary old d 
device that has been so useful for this story i love in in the first dalek story that the reason they have to go back to the city is not because they're heroes uh, who, who who want to help the Thals save the day. It's because actually they can't leave the planet until they get their thing back. Uh, and that opens up all sort of murky. So do you turn these peaceful people into warlike people in order that you can get your door key back, you know, your, your fluid link back? How do we feel about that? Uh, and, and, I, and, I do, and that's not... That's not lazy writing. It's, you know, it's there deliberately. And it's that this, this is, you know, the moral dilemmas here are deliberately in this to show that, uh, you know, in the, in the world of Doctor Who, the goodies have to make quite harsh decisions. And if they make those harsh decisions, how close are they flirting with being who these guys are? Uh, oh, maybe that's the screen grab. I, I was in an article in somewhere that I read quite a lot anyway. It's a great shot of, uh, of uh, Peter Miles and uh, Michael Wisher. He's got a very gentle voice and a very gentle manner, uh, Dennis Chinnery, and he was an expert on the actor Robert Atkins, Robert Harlan. Um, and I believe by the end of his life was quite was quite uh had quite a sort of curvature of the spine thing going on and was quite and was quite uh quite uh in quite a lot of sort of pain and discomfort but still i think went to signings and things like that but i think he was yeah he he, he got a scoliotic thing going on um because of course we all age um i never had the pleasure with dennis chinnery um but he uh he seems to have had a decent career and uh, worked with Hartnell and Baker and Colin Baker. Um, from the chase to Genesis to the twin dilemma. It's quite a, that's quite a, that's quite a journey. Uh, this is a nice piece of music from Dudley Simpson. I like what he, he chooses to uh, uh, score the dialects with. I'm no expert on music. It's funny because there aren't many sort of Dudley, I, Dudley Simpson tunes that sort of stand out for their own sake and I wonder if therefore they're sort of doing a slightly better job uh, is that I probably wouldn't choose to listen to Dudley Simpson incidental music for fun whereas there is other incidental music I I, I will confess I have listened to um, and yet actually the, the, the music here is 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 quite familiar to my ears because of course it's the accompaniment to the uh, cassette um, but it's it's nicely bombastic uh, that, but you're still it's still the visuals that you're that you're mostly noticing. It's that thing about instant music is like it's like lighting. It's it's at its best if you don't actually notice it, but it's complementing uh, the stuff that you're seeing. Um, and uh, and so here we are. Here we have uh, Betan and Severin. Uh, I've, I've read a thing where apparently it's. Steve, Stephen Yardley uh, went looking for a bit of work uh, in in a break, uh, and and uh, the, the BBC and they mistook him for a tramp who'd wandered in because he was dressed as Severin. But he was just you know you could do it in those days, knocking on doors, going any jobs going. Um, which is apparently you know Troughton was never out of work, Patrick Troughton, and you sort of think oh that's because he was a respected character actor who uh, you know everybody wanted to employ. No, his, his sons tell me he had to hustle. You know he wrote letters, he knocked on doors. And, and again, sort of alluding to what I was talking about last time. Ah, oh, 
Uh, I love I love that that little moment between Betan and Severin where he goes, "I've got to go and be brave," and she goes, "Yeah, but you know, I am going to blow the place up whether you're back or not because you know I've only met the Doctor once. I don't know he's the hero of this show, kind of thing." Um, but yeah, Trout tra- tra- hustled, and and sometimes a lot of people get a lot of work because they are very good at um, you know the networking side of things and. Because I'm not, I've for many years thought of that as a sort of dirty, dirty word. But it's a skill. I know I can think of a couple of comedians who are good comics, you know. They and 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 having got the work, they proved themselves and are now, you know, mainstays on television. But it's because when they started out, they turned up at all the right gigs and they spoke to the right people, and that, that is part of the job. And if you're not very good at it, like I'm not, you 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 cannot blame other people who do that. Um, yeah. It's, it's just a quite nice moral dilemma, this, for, for Kravos, who obviously makes the decision to side with, with Davros. But that just goes to show that, you know, behind Davros's bad science, there's also that good science that has benefited people, you know. Um, Davros is lost. I'm getting away. Uh, oh, the time ring falls out again. Um, sorry, that's, a, that's another time I've started talking about the time ring and not so let's this last time getting away don't believe it for a minute but i i love nida he's so good um the time ring is it i mean is is unique to this story and just is really 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 handy it's just i mean it's a devilishly clever storytelling device because it doesn't, it never gets boring. Sometimes, sometimes I find jeopardy, especially in a lot of modern television, is based on two people not having the right conversation, and because of that, there's three episodes of misunderstanding or not getting to do the right thing. And you go, oh come on, if only you'd done that, this wouldn't have happened. The time ring is d- d- serves the same sort of purpose of either holding up the plot or keeping people somewhere or meaning that people have to go back to somewhere. But it's a perfectly plausible thing. They never, they never get careless about. The, the time ring particularly they're aware of how important it is they keep telling us it's it's the lifeline in case we've forgotten that bit at the beginning of episode one uh and and every now and again it it's either confiscated or falls out and means that our heroes have to do another thing which then helps us with the the storytelling and the plot as it as 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 it needs to happen as the writer needs it to happen and i just think that's a a, a thing of great economy that without it being annoying because sometimes things, if not so artfully handled, can be quite annoying. But I, I think that's nice. And I like this. This is a very doctorish piece of reasoning. Um, I remember thinking this was terribly clever when, when I was younger, this idea of going, oh, you know, Nida's not cooperating. Of course he's not. And Sarah, again, articulates that. He's telling the truth. But the doctor goes, no, 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 because Davros, it's high up and Davros uh, needs you to do it. Uh, and again, that's just a nice little piece of of reasoning uh that means we get a little bit of a delay to what they need because you know nida buys some time by lying but the doctor works it out and it's quite fun to have him work it out uh and there we go uh and so then we've got the tapes we've got the tapes uh that you know actually end up having you know no impact on the story at all except for the fact that they gave us that juicy glorious cliffhanger they gave us that bit of the doctor having to you know give give stuff away 
in order that his friends don't get hurt. They did that acting of uh, of reacting to the to the laser very well as well. Um, and 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 it then facilitated the conversation between Davros and the Doctor. So it's all it's all a beautiful jigsaw. Um, and and some of the pieces may not seem to be important. They might all just be bits of sky. But actually, if you don't put all those bits of sky in, you don't get such a pretty picture. And the time ring's fallen off, so you've got to stay for the end of the episode. Um, and the end of the adventure. Because at the moment, you think that, uh, you know, politics uh, will win the day. Very naive, Doctor Who. Um, now, this Thal soldier is John Gleeson who turns up a bit later, he's a very handsome man, he turns up a bit later in The Seeds of Doom as Charles Winlet, the first of the uh, guys to get infected by the crinoid. Uh, and it's a nice little part he's got in that. He's a very naturalistic actor. Uh, and he is, I believe, the son of the actor Leon Quatermain. Uh, but interestingly, has and I think was born John Quatermain. Now, it does say that on AMDB, but I would always say double check. And I have read an article that says that he's the nephew of Leon and Charles Quatermain. But I don't know if Charles Quatermain had, uh, Leon Quatermain had another sibling apart from Charles. So he couldn't be the nephew of both. So the jury is out, but he's certainly of the Quatermain clan. clan and he is certainly... And his son is called Jack Quatermain, so he's certainly a John Quatermain, but decided to call himself John Gleeson as an actor, which is interesting because Leon Quatermain was a very famous actor. Uh, so why would you not capitalise upon that? Maybe he wanted to go his own way. There's an article in the paper today about uh, Zoe Ball's son not having access to any of her money because he's being independent and going his own way. So anyway, that's John Gleeson who plays Thal Soldier. Um... Uh, and I've sort of missed the bit that you are insane, Davros. That's the, that's the, that's a line that I distinctly remember from the cassette. Uh, and this is pretty grim. And and I and and I, I sometimes think it's a, it's a bit of a compromise when I love the fact that yes, um, uh, poor old uh, Garmin gets his own death. And that shot of Garmin of Nida is vile. That it's not just, and, and then he throws Kravos sort of into the into the uh, exterminating melee. So for all his uh, iron heart that uh, Davros has made for him, uh, all he has to do is sort of protest and get Owen. Nida chucks him into the the path of the laser beams. But I always thought it was a bit of a compromise that you know one beam could kill lots of people. You sort of want to see each person getting sort of zapped individually, but actually shows the, the, the power of the Daleks in a way is that they're all bathed, you know, just a cup, one shot can wipe out a whole phalanx of, uh, of, of middle-aged scientists. Uh, but it was nice that Garmin at least got his own, his own death, but that's quite shocking that it's, it seemed to be, I mean, you knew cause, cause Davros was tapping his fin, but the doctor didn't, as far as the doctor was concerned, politics had won the day. Garmin, you know, was 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 gonna uh, make sure that the the Doctor completed his mission for the Time Lords. Uh, I mean, the Doctor hasn't spoken to Davros since getting getting knocked out by Nida, and it just goes to show, Doctor, if you want a job doing properly, you have to do it yourself. Um, and that extermination is 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 really pretty harsh, isn't it? Look, that's a that's a pile of dead people. It's still not in the great scheme of things a lot of people and again we have to sort of extrapolate because there's no way that that surely can be the whole of the scientific and military elite because that i think that would be naive understanding of uh, 
the optimum numbers required. Um, but of course, the Daleks are increasing, which, uh, um, I th you know, again, and I think if you were making this with an, in an inexhaustible budget, you would you would be sort of showing the Daleks continuing production or, or there was something going on there in the background at this stage. I know we, we, we have Davros notice it later on. Doctor's got his big long coat back. Uh, very handy for if he breaks his collarbone on location. Um, uh, so now I think what's supposed to happen here, isn't it, is that the Dalek goes over the uh, uh, wires and that causes the explosion. Um, that sort of comes to nothing, as I say. The Doctor just sort of does it. Oh, well, I've affected their development a bit, but he hasn't. He hasn't destroyed the blowing up of the incubator room. Doesn't destroy the Daleks so despite that big speech um and despite what we see here um which as I say is, is, is it's a, is the impression is supposed to be given that the Dalek going over the wires completes the circuit um uh, you know he doesn't complete his his mission and yet there is there that there is an explosion uh here yes yes he's gonna go over it uh Yes, that's not just the blowing up of the Dalek. Um, but I like this as well. Is that uh, as, as is that now? Uh, now that's I'm not sure I buy this, but it's it's very handy. Uh, of course, that's, which that happens to be just because otherwise, how would the Doctor know? You know, or how would our heroes know what has gone on uh, in in the moment? But it's a good job that you know we've got another picture. What, what's happening there? Um, Oh, Ari from Between the Lines is having a very long toilet break. <laughs> oh, well, tell him not to come out. Go and rescue him. Uh, uh, it's all right. He's going to become the Emperor Dalek. Um, but this this is great because at, at this point, as a Doctor Who fan, you go, well, we know Davros isn't in any of the future stories. This is the first, the earliest Dalek story. So he's going to have to die. Um, and the, as I, I think I said at the beginning, there's an argument that uh, he might have been, for everybody's sake, better off staying dead. But then again, it was so exciting. Destiny is one of my first memories. Um, seeing him come alive there. This is, this is, and I, 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 again, this is the the Daleks. Laser beams are agonising. I, I don't think it's the best death for somebody who's so sort of clipped and straightforward as neither it's it's uh, it's i i would have preferred a slightly better staged death and and peter miles's death in dr Silurians is one of the best deaths in the history of the show but we'll talk to that when i get to that one michael mcmanus records his favorite things about Silurians. the doctor actually loses his hat there um uh uh but it's back on again now um it would have been awful, wouldn't it, if, if the Doctor had got through that door and the laser beam had gone through and just killed some poor Thal soldier in the background. Um, so there we have it. It's it's done with great economy, um, this this final episode. You know, the whole thing is... Because this is quite an epic story and, it, and, it's, and it's actually got quite a big cast. It's got a bigger cast than you think um, because there are sort of characters that... that, that come in and do that little bit and go out again i think the cast could be more sort of efficiently streamlined but it does give it a more actually having uh you know carvel and kravos actually gives it a broader scope if you like um 
and we're not used to it because we're used to sometimes characters being consolidated to tell the story more efficiently if you like and that and that thing of having you know one character into many parts divide one man or you know it's the henry the fifth thing isn't it uh, you know one one person actually represents a, a whole lot and you're supposed to extrapolate mentally uh, beyond what what can be staged in a in a small studio with a small cast or whatever um now you see i always thought when he said in the total time scale no more than that he would sort of click his fingers and going you know that time period is is you know is the equivalent of that but he's he's not he's being much more literal um and it so it kind of at the end of the story sort of goes well i've done the thing i've done a thing but actually it doesn't really matter um so it kind of has its cake and eats it really but it's done with such confidence that you ex you accept it um oh and yeah and have pity brilliant i remember as a kid again being caught with that going oh he's created these pitiless creatures he appeals to their pity and they don't know what it means that's brilliant that's you know careful of the monsters you unleash um I, and, and this is just so quotable and then here he goes and and he takes his time um and in the book it sort of says it's almost like he can't bring himself to do it um but I'm not sure that's clear there. Um, and 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 in in the cassette, uh, this cuts off. They go stronger. We will take our. And the time is right. We will and take our rightful place as the supreme beings. Our power of the universe. Now I used to think because it because on the cassette it goes universe. And then goes into the music, and I thought, well, I've had to do that because the 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 screen cuts off, and the Dalek doesn't actually say the whole word. It does say the whole whole word in the actual program, so uh, they just they just edited it slightly too quickly. Um, so yeah, so and they also say, well, so you didn't fail the mission. Then he goes, well, actually, some because out of great evil will come something good, but but that's you've changed the goalposts there because that wasn't your your mission wasn't to decide at the end. Well. Uh, out of out of great evil must some come something good. Your your mission was to stop the Daleks, which we thought you did when you blew up the incubator. So anyway, but it's fine because that's an interesting philosophical point about out of oh Garmin's back up to the to third billing. Um, but but yes, out of great evil must some come come something good. But is that any comfort to the millions of people who? die as a result of the great evil uh it's you know that's the universe that doctor who inhabits which uh which throws up its very own interesting philosophical points davros's mask john friedlander great unsung hero of doctor who it's a beautiful mask um so i'm sorry that i kept wanging on about the cassette tape of genesis of the daleks uh I think it's a great story. Episode six worked there for me. As I say, I've always seen it as a bit of a a, a sort of an, anti-climax. I think it may just be because Carvel disappears and I've never quite got over that. Um, so uh, if anyone wants to write a short trip, well, it's not a short trip. It's obviously it's quite a, a, quite a long trip or, he's still, or there's no loo roll and he's waiting for somebody to come past. But uh, uh, anyway... Uh, I've got to choose my two favourite things because I choose a favourite thing from episode six and then I choose a favourite thing overall. My favourite thing from episode six is going to be uh, the touching the wires. I can't not. I could. I could. Or should I try and 
should I try and win this? Well, no, because I won't win it because I get the point. I get the point for touching the wires for last episode. Uh, I've decided that's the rules. Um, and it just seems I've got to be true to myself. The touching the wires scene is a monumentally great scene of Doctor Who. Uh, and my thing overall, Duncan Brown's lighting, I th you know, it's the lighting in Doctor Who often comes in for stick. It's really hard to light videotape drama um to light you know low budget videotape drama uh, with you know plywood uh, uh robots painted in gunmetal gloss paint uh you know moving over a, a studio white cyclorama uh, and to actually make it look atmospheric and shadowy and spooky it's a, it's a it's a, it's an impressive piece of work in terms of the lighting. So I salute you, Duncan Brown, lighting guy. Sadly, no longer with us. Um, but he is interviewed on the DVD extra, so that was uh, that was well done by I think it was actually Ian Levine who made that documentary. Well done, Ian, for getting Duncan Brown in. I think that was an excellent call. Uh, the DVDs, we are so lucky that they uh, they give us access to these people who are now all you know. All gone. Um, okay. What's David chosen as things six and bonus? Episode six, and in summary, I've got to say, the plotting of Genesis of the Daleks. It's not just bish-bosh cliffhanger, though there are cliffhangers and there are bish-boshes. The plotting is beautiful. First of all, they set up this long and familiar war. Then they introduce the fact that the Daleks don't exist yet. What the heck? Not only that, but this is a kind of Nazi society where suddenly the scientists have come to the fore. The scientists are now running things. We're moving away from morality. And then the scientists are themselves outmaneuvered by Davros. It just keeps going, keeps up in the ante. And then the final twist, Davros is killed by his own creations. You know, while Doctor Who is worrying about morality, another morality tale is unfolding in front of him. It's absolutely fantastic. I've been asked to mention a bonus thing that I love about this, and the bonus thing is the creation myth of the Daleks. Because, as with all TV series, and bad news fans, TV isn't real, so they can change things retroactively. There have been more than one creation myths of the Daleks and this one which is now I think pretty much canon unless it turns out that Jodie Whittaker was was a Dalek again or something like that is my favourite and it reminds me very strongly of my favourite Dalek creation myth which is the one in We Are the Daleks. We Are the Daleks of course was a short story in the 1973 Doctor Who special which you bet when I was 12 I bought and it's Terry Nation again saying, oh, the Daleks, yeah, I've just realised they're not from here, they're not from Scaro, they're actually from the planet Amaron, and they're actually humans transplanted there as part of an experiment. So we are the Daleks. That really did my nut in. So Genesis of the Daleks, one of the all-time great Doctor Whos. I'm glad I got to nab it. 
Uh, well, we'll get uh, we'll get to uh, David's plug for his book that he's got coming out. Uh, it, uh, by the time this episode goes out, it will be out, and hopefully, you'll have listened to the plugs for it uh, on all the previous instalments of Happy Times and Places does Genesis of the Daleks. Um, David's absolutely right about the plotting. The plotting is superb. Um, you know, from from the time ring to the yeah the shifting morality play and. Yes, the fact that Davros is ultimately the cunning Davros, the hugely intelligent Davros, the Davros who is amoral and in control all of the time, neglects to notice that he has been the architect of his own destruction, Uh, which is, you know, dramatic irony and... um, also a, a sort of moral payoff if you like it's a cruel morality it's uh it's 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 the morality of uh of of the real world in in many ways um but all the morality in this is sort of compromised the doctors too uh the time lords you know hang on who's decided that they're in charge uh i always you know think about that when you know, you know, there are certain countries who are allowed nuclear weapons and certain aren't, and we're essentially saying because you can't, you can't handle the nukes. Uh, you go, well, who are you to say uh, who can't handle it? But then again, we haven't used them. But then again, we've we've elected ourselves um, uh, chief nuclear weapons monitor, um, and you know, are are we all that? Who knows? I don't know. It's complicated. The thing about complex morality is, of course, that there are no easy answers and satisfying drama, you know, gives voice to them, but doesn't um, necessarily seek to give answers. Because I think the harsh reality is, is that, you know, there is a there are a lot of contradictions within uh, our morality and we have to we have to navigate those as best uh, we can and sometimes acknowledge that there are difficult questions. to which we might not have answers or which actually show our morality to be perhaps not all that we think it is, which keeps us on our toes. I think that's all you can do is is stay on your toes and be aware. I think what the da- what the Daleks don't do that, that good humans do is that the Daleks are certain. They're the ones you've got to be careful of, the ones who are certain, because they're the ones who don't bend. Uh, and the ones who don't bend uh, are, are the ones who, who, who will do anything. I think that's the lesson, and it's a lesson we need today as much as, as any other. Um, but look, um, Genesis of the Daleks is very good. Um, uh, and out of something good must come something evil. <laughs> and that's Doctor Who Twitter occasionally. Um but I thoroughly enjoyed that. I'm so over the moon that David Quantic has uh, contributed. Um, I'm sure you know his work. You don't need to seek it out. But if it's a chance for him to plug his book, then I'm delighted. I'm really thrilled that uh, he's been on this podcast. Uh, I'm delighted that you're listening. Uh, please come again when I will be perhaps having a more difficult job um, extolling the virtues of a Doc 2 story because I found this one uh, uh, pretty easy, apart from a brief sojourn into Clamsville. Uh, I I uh, I found this fairly straightforward. So I'm going to nip off uh, to see if uh, I can go and get, get Carvel to finish off what he's doing uh, and use the facilities myself. Um, but in the meantime, uh, thanks very much for listening. Thanks for watching, whichever you've chosen to do. Uh, thanks to David Quantic, 
who I'm going to allow to have the final word to plug, to plug his wares. Um, but for now, cheerio. And yeah, it says here, shamelessly plug anything you have coming up or your online presence. Well, I'm on Twitter and on Twitter I'll be talking about my forthcoming quiz book, Quantic's Quite Difficult Quiz Book, which contains, I hope, many, many Doctor Who related rounds, including Doctor Who villain or musical instrument. I'm sure you can guess the crossover there. Thank you, Toby. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Happy Times and Places, which is presented by me, Toby Haydock. And my special guest this time around is David Quantic, who can be found on Twitter at Quantic and whose book has just been released. So please do check it out. I am very, very grateful to the patrons who make these podcasts possible. And they include Mark Aldridge, Kit Allen, Sebastian April, Tilt Ariza, Simon Ash, Richard Alt, Lungbaramus Banks, James Blackett, Robin Bland, Kyle Bores, David Brody, Nigel Bromley, Hugh Buchtman, Anthony Carroll, Anthony Carroll, Ruben Herpindahl, Peter Burns, Peter Harness, Rob Leonard, Stephen Moffat, Richard Straw, Barry Platt, Darren Mackay, Joe Llewellyn, Ian Key, Jason Gorman, Chris Bone, and Chris Dunford-Kelk. The music for these podcasts is by Dave Gates and the artwork by Dylan Patterson. Well, listen up, if you enjoy these and you would like to contribute to the making of them, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Toby Haydock. You get special material, advance releases, my eternal thanks and other goodies are available. Tiers start from as little as £3 a month. And even then, you can get a 10% discount if you sign up for a year. You can also go to ko-fi.com forward slash Toby Haydock if you just want to throw in a one-off uh, donation Every now and then, uh, every now and again, uh, if there's uh, been a particular podcast you've enjoyed or a particular fluff uh, that you've liked that I've left in because um, it's the end of a very long session and I want to prove that I'm not a robot and I can't identify traffic lights or boats uh, in a mosaic square, but I can occasionally make a hash of saying simple words that I've said many times before. A sensible person would actually just keep the same the same plugage because I'm sure everyone stops this thing. as soon as they go hit Patreon they go oh, go not this again and, and switch off so I should just record it once and then pop it at the end of each one but this I don't know this just makes me feel alive and you know what would make me feel even more alive um, not that you should have any need so to do but go on if you want to do an old man a favour go to your podcast supplier and uh, particularly to iTunes I think that's where it really helps and rate these things five stars uh, and also leave some nice reviews uh, wherever you can because it just helps to uh, tickle my algorithms and as I said I'm an old man they need particularly vigorous tweeting uh, uh, tweaking at my age there's another fluff which actually would have ruined hat did ruin just quite a nice little roundup that I was doing there so now it's descended into more waffle once again um so you could just uh, you know make a donation to have me euthanized it would probably do the world a favor but i've got quite a few doctor who stories to get through so uh that's something i might actually die during one of these that's worth getting the heads up on so uh, but oh but who would record the plugs at the end oh they've probably got a million files with variations of of this although this is the one with the most mistakes uh and uh most unnecessary waffle which actually this is i'm going to stop now um 
Money and approval. Those are the two things. <laughs> Those are the two things that give me sucker. So, um, please, sucker away. Goodness me, I thought that music would never come. I mean, I could have shut up earlier and just brought the, the music cue forward. But um, anyway, uh, go to Excess Malarkey Comedy Club in Manchester on a Tuesday night at 8pm or online first Sunday of every month at twitch.tv forward slash Excess Malarkey. Uh, I don't even always talk about Doctor Who. What, what do you mean? That's all you want me to do. That's the only thing you're interested in. I'm a person, you know. There's more to me than Time Lords and Scarves. Ah, but you don't care. Okay, well, fine. Well, thanks. But if you wanted to, Excess Malarkey. It's a really good comedy club. It's been going 24 years. Funny people on it. Yeah, thanks. I actually got a letter from John Gleeson during lockdown. Uh, we mostly talked about the seeds of doom, to be honest, but uh, very nice of him. 